Cheers, y'all. Man, that was a good one, but uh, Bruce Stark got to it before you. He actually oh, he? put well, well right yeah. up here as I'm, soon as I'm he logged in. I'm really hoping that Bruce will record. You You just do this like on your phone if you have the little voice recorder thing. Just record a well, well and text it to one of us. And we'll, <laughs> we'll let Bruce do the well, well we, for Yeah, him. we need to just have all of our, our folks do that. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio and podcast program known internationally as Smoking and Toasting. Yes, we are the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. The show's all about crap beer, fine spirits, and... And hand-rolled cigars. And Ian, today's show is number 199, meaning That's... that we can now finally and honestly say we are halfway, halfway to, 200. to 200. Yeah. So uh, so 200th show is next week. We mentioned this uh, before, but just in case uh, anybody's catching up on this for the first time, um, we will not be doing our big bicentennial celebration where we invite everybody and everybody brings their you know uh, bottles of bottles. We'll, we'll and do our bicentennial and, in exile at some point yeah, in time. Once, once it's uh, once it's safe to do so. Once we're all feeling you know okay with getting together in that kind of a big group again, uh, we'll do it and it'll be fun. But it'll just be delayed. Instead, uh, we have uh, we have next next week's show will be just a more personal thing. It'll just be Ian and me. But we'll be talking about some of our favorite things we remember from the show. Uh, we'll be Ian will be bringing the beers next week. How long has it been since you were allowed to bring all the beers? <laughs> I think I lost your trust. Like I think I finally broke the trust. Yes, it was when I brought that. the Malort. Yes, the second time <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so it's so it's been a while. When you but, got Malorted twice, I think. So, yeah, I think yeah. I, I broke but, that. But Ian has carte blanche. He can bring all barley so wines if remember, he wants to. Do you remember whatever. the the one hundredth episode when we invited everybody and everyone? Like we were there for like four hours and everyone yes. got good and toasty, right? Yes, I do remember right. this. So Lots the beers I'm bringing next week, I'm going to try and accomplish that in in, in, in just one in a just one hour one show. And a half hours, <laughs> okay, yes. good. Well, I will. I will be. Prepared with uh, transportation. Thank you for the <laughs> warning. Uh, this is show number nine, 199. Uh, we are bringing good news for cigar lovers, and here to help us deliver and celebrate some of that is our very own smoking and toasting legal expert, Trey Boring. Trey, welcome back to the show. It's nice to have you again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Trey is uh, not only going to be bringing us up to date on the very latest, and there's been really, really good news this week in our ongoing fight to uh, keep cigar smoker rights alive and where they should be. So there's been really good progress. There was some we talked about last week. It's gone even further this week. Trey will explain that. And then in, in addition... I'm, I'm totally amazed to hear that there's good news because I got to tell you, when we report this stuff from time to time, I get it just gets so a little depressing because yeah. it's always oh, yeah. dumber and dumber yeah. and dumberer. Right. Yes, I said dumber. It's just, it's the amount of ridiculousness that the government can put onto cigars is absolutely unfathomable to me. Well, my thought is, and we'll be talking about a particular judge who issued a, a ruling uh, this week and how how important that is for cigar manufacturers, for cigar retailers, and for cigar fans. I'm super excited to hear yeah. about this. And, and my recommendation, and I'm thinking about writing a letter to the president, my recommendation is that this judge should be put in charge of the whole coronavirus effort. 
because he's the first guy that's made any sense. He actually in makes this sense. whole thing <laughs> through, throughout the for, throughout the entire time. So we need some of that. Don't you agree? We Con- need logic. We need some of that logic. logic. To be Common sense nice. and logic rarely survives bureaucracy. Oh, I know. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. So um, I, I want to mention. We'll get into this in the show too. In addition to uh, his duties with Cigar Rights of America and his regular nine to five job, uh, Trey also is a representative for Cigars for Warriors, which is one of our absolute favorite causes here. This is the organization uh, that gathers and ships cigars to our men and women in the service who are stationed overseas in different places where it may or may not even be possible for them to walk right. down the street to a cigar store and buy anything to smoke. So Correct. this is a really big deal, and it's a great way to honor um, those who are in the service who are fans of cigars and would love to have some and, and can't get them. So we'll talk about all of that in uh, in just a few moments. Our show is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. It's a great new site that has uh, a lot of cool shirts for cigar lovers and cigar aficionados. If you are one of those or you know one of those and would like to find a gift for them, uh, it's a great place to go. They, My favorite shirt on there says, you can't hurry up and smoke a cigar. Yeah, I wonder where they got that love from. that. Uh, you know, it's like a great idea. We, you you know, it is it is a site that you know is definitely supportive of and very familiar with smoking and toasting. I'm just wondering <laughs> if they may have heard that somewhere. They may have. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's got it's got shirt, shirts like that and a lot of other really cool things. One of my favorite ones uh, just it has it has like a checklist and it says Cuban, Dominican, Honduran, Nicaraguan. All of the above, and, and then all of the above is checked. Uh, I think that's a great shirt. So, uh, anyway, check them all out. It's uh, my mycigarshirts.com. They start under $20, which I don't know if you bought any t shirts online lately, but uh, that's a pretty good price. Like, some places are 30 and $35 for the for this for the t shirt. So, yep, oh, yeah, so definitely worth checking out. Well, uh, it is going to be a very interesting show today. I think we are going to be tasting, uh, we're, we're kind of down in the south with today's tastings, we have two from Texas and one from New Orleans. We'll be tasting Nola Brewing Company. Nolans. Nolans, yes. Thank you. Nola from uh, from Nolans, Dolan, uh, has we've tasted a number of their other beers before, some IPAs and some bigger beers. Today we'll be tasting, and I'm really curious to see how this is, their Blonde Ale. It, it doesn't even have... A fancy name. It's just Nola just Blonde, Blonde Ale, Ale. Wow. and I'm really, really excited about that because I've never tasted any beer from these guys that I didn't think was just fantastic. Yeah, that's so, pretty exciting. Uh, so yeah, so they're awesome. Uh, then we'll be tasting from a brewery from Dallas uh, called Steam Theory Brewing. Okay, an, an IPA that's called. Hops Against Humanity. Hops I against mentioned this humanity. a couple of weeks ago that I was going to be bringing this one in, <laughs> and I have been able to keep myself from opening it and drinking it at the house. So uh, cuz it's been in my fridge for for several weeks now. So uh, I'm excited for us to be able to taste that too. I have no idea. I I wonder if by the name it may be something that I really you've, like and you've you guys played cards don't. against we'll, humanity. Oh sure, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, you play, yeah. Like greatest game I ever. I love the twisted sense of humor that oh, pops out of it's that. It's just <laughs> sometimes you. I will say this, and I believe we may have mentioned this on a previous show, but uh, just as a public service, we can caution you: do not play cards against humanity with your parents. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's not a good idea. Just that sounds, saying. That sounds bad. Uh, and then uh, I was really excited to get my hands on this one, Ian. 
when uh, we had the guys from Urban South yeah. uh, Brewing on the show yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they were one of the Houston breweries that got involved in uh, doing the Black is Beautiful yes. Imperial Stout, which benefits uh, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And he explained to us, our guests on the show explained to us that uh, they basically take the basic recipe mm -hmm. and then they maybe tweak it tweak, just a right. little bit for each for each uh, uh, brewery. But the beer originated at a brewery in San Antonio called Weathered Souls Brewing. Right. Mm -hmm. We have their original Black is Beautiful Imperial Stout that's today. That's awesome. So we, that's something we will uh, we'll look forward to. Did you to. find that locally? Uh, I, I can't. Now remember where I got it. I uh. think I may have ordered it online, but I I know you can find it in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so it really just depends if the place where you shop, you know, stocks beers from Weathered Souls. If they don't, you should ask them because from what our uh, friend at Urban South was telling us, this is a really remarkable brewery, and they're doing some amazing nice. things. Yeah, he said here, the so. uh, he said the original recipe was outstanding to begin yeah. with. So that's the one we'll be trying today. So I'm really stoked yep. about that. that so. Fun. Also, we have not done a gin on the show in quite some time, so today we'll be sampling uh, something from the... This begs the question. Yes? What do you do with a drunken Englishman? There you go. <laughs> or in this case, uh, uh, what is someone from Holland? What are they called? Uh, a Hollander? I, I don't know. What do you do with a drunken Hollander? <laughs> uh, from uh, from Holland will be a uh, drunken Dutchman. There you Dutchman, go. Dutchman. Yeah. Drunken there Dutchman. Uh, from from the Ordner de Bumpchies Distillery. That's and easy I'm, for you to say. I know I massacred that, but at least I tried. <laughs> uh, we'll be doing their gastro gin. And I'll, I'll just show this one to the camera. It's called we'll be getting gastro to it later. Gin? Gastro gin. It's a small distillery in Holland. It does say Holland. Dutch dry gin it, on Dutch there. dry gin. So we'll be... Uh, I love the label we'll, on that. Yeah, the label's great. We'll show that to the camera a little more when we get to that segment. So I uh, do want to thank, real quickly, it's been, it's been a good month for experts here on the show. Our uh, guest last week was our new tequila Liliana. expert, Liliana Rodriguez. She was awesome. <laughs> that was if you did not catch last week's show, you got to go back and listen to it because Liliana was delightful, wasn't she? Is she? Absolutely, was great fantastic. show. Great. She yeah. was so she was so good. And I we had people on the comments saying, "I've never learned so much about tequila before." It was yeah, just it was and fantastic. just the whole way she presents it. She's she's so enthusiastic and wonderful. So thank you, uh, Liliana, for being on last week. And everybody, go back and and check out that episode if you, if you can. Uh, in addition to the legal stuff we'll be talking about today, uh, Budweiser wants to become Utah's state beer. So we'll examine that. Utah's? Utah? Yeah, Utah, of all places, right? Uh, so we'll examine that. We'll talk a little bit about... Uh, Can't wait to hear that story. The folks at Austin Beer Works have come up with a very creative way to keep their tap room open. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> nice. share that. And we love Austin Beer Works. Yes. We've had uh, their beers on here before. And uh, we'll if we have time, we'll get into retail's hottest cigar brands of 2020. We mentioned it last week, but we didn't get a chance to... To get to the uh, to get to the story, so these are the these are the brands that are selling the best and being asked for the most at retail in 2020. And there's been a little shifting since last year, so it'll be yeah that shifts around to uh, yeah. due to public taste shifting mm -hmm. and what's new That's and those right. kind of things. And just so oh, before I forget, this Saturday, this Saturday, at, Saturday, Saturday only at. 2 p.m. We've 2 always we've always started at one, but we need to start at two this, this week. This is going to be more exciting if you keep using like the monster truck yeah. voice, like I'm doing. Here. So Saturday, there you go. Okay, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> uh, Smoking and Toasting will present another of our, and we haven't done this in a couple of months now. Yep. Our virtual smoke fests on Zoom. 
So what you will want to do is go to the Smoking and Toasting Facebook page. We'll have an invite there, and it'll tell you exactly how to With a link. to log yeah. in. It'll have a link that you can go and launch Zoom. And and uh, you know we we spare every expense here at Smoking and Toasting. Absolutely. So what that bring gen- your own cigars. What that generally means is that you will uh, will will need to restart the chat every 40 minutes once zoom kicks us all off but that's okay you know we're all we're all good sports about it you know it's it's all good if somebody wants to uh you know sponsor our zoom our, our zoom events we'll uh, we'll spring for the premium account but uh otherwise it's just us smoking cigars and drinking we can all restart every 40 it's minutes. pretty it's casual and yeah, if it's, it's you know what back. if it's a pain in the butt for you to restart it it, it's really not that big of a pain. Oh, right. Hopefully, hopefully you're just sitting there enjoying a cigar and something good to drink anyway. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you, know. you would have to hit well, two, maybe three keys on your computer to exactly. make that happen. Exactly. So. so hopefully it's easy enough and, and we can do it. But they're always fun. We have a, a very interesting group of people, and everybody shares what they're smoking, what they're drinking. You don't even have to smoke a cigar to chime right. in and just have fun. That's right. In fact, I remember there was one of the uh, there was one of the uh, virtual smoke fests we did where Adam was smoking something entirely different. <laughs> very, very different. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun, and it's this Saturday, 2 p.m. Central Time. Uh, and it'll be on Zoom. I'll, I'll have all that stuff posted for you on the Facebook page so you can find us nice and easy. So uh, a great week, Ian, uh, despite the fact that I think you had a little uh, mountain bike incident you were telling me about before. Uh, yes. Uh, do you want to share that with us? Well, or do you just want to uh, go right I to the to cigar? Sp- I went to Spider Mountain this weekend or this last weekend. And, um, man, I was having one of those days where I rode awesome and I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> but I was wearing my full armor and everything That's like good. that. That's so good. So otherwise, I'd be beat up a little more. But I trashed a wall ride. They have a Texas flag wall ride, and I hit it, and my tire slid straight down from about I don't know four or six feet, and I hit the ground. I weigh about two fifty. That hits the ground that, hard. That's a big boom. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I ended up uh, um, giving myself a sprained ankle and a little bit of a sprained wrist, which, by the way, still allowed me to play guitar. Oh, that's so good. So that it wasn't was sprained right. too bad, then. That's, that's yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's, not, not That's livelihood bad. there. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, and I tumbled down the trail a bit, and uh, and then I went and sat down and let everybody ride for the last three hours that the park was open. What you should have done is make sure somebody took a picture of you and the bike just kind of lying <laughs> in the heap that oh, we could have posted I, on the show. I totally trashed the derailleur on my bike. Yeah. It's gone. I'm going to need a new derailleur, a new chain. Okay. So if anybody out there, you know, wants to sponsor that for me, just yeah, send that's it right. to that's right. Ian, Ian's mountain that's bike a, adventures for smoking it's a and toasting. Sram GX, but if you want to upgrade me to X01, that's fine, too. Send it right here to RFC Media. Sponsored by, <laughs> I don't know, Halliburton. Somebody, there you go. You know? or, or, or the Sram Axis Group. That's fine, too. That's the wireless shifting. That'd be yeah, fine. Yeah, that'll work. It's expensive. How about cigars? Do you smoke anything interesting? Interesting this week? So I did. Uh, last week, um, I was at my brew club meeting, and one of the guys there gave me a cigar, and I hadn't had it before. I'd seen it, and I was aware of it, but I hadn't had it. It was uh, a Factory Smokes. Okay. By Drew Estate. Yeah, this is so, kind of their, uh, their more, like, generic... Uh, oh, it's not uh, kind of. It's very budget. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah, budget AF. Okay. Um, and it was a Maduro, so I was like, okay, I hadn't tried this before. And I smoked it. And? I enjoyed it. There you go. So I thought to myself, self, since you did that, I should probably go ahead and review one for the show. So I had one this morning. Okay. okay? And here's what here's what I got from it. Now, this is not influenced by a previous cigar and, and you know, beers and things like that and, and hanging out and not paying attention. So I actually stopped and paid attention. Uh, so this was the Robusto Maduro 5x54. 
Uh, appearance, uh, medium brown, rustic, veiny, medium firm with some soft spots, a little bit leathery kind of wrapper. Okay? Mm -hmm. Not a bad looking cigar, but certainly doesn't look like, not, you know, a Padron anniversary. Yeah, exactly, or yeah. A little rustic. Um, the pre-light sniff on earth, barnyard, fermented hay, maybe a little tea leaf and a little sweetness in it. Not a, not an amazing smelling cigar, but not bad smelling. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. um, the pre-light draw. The I used a punch. It had a light draw on it. Not bad. Sweet mocha, slightly sweet on the lips. A little cappuccino. Um, this cigar. I, I'm going to go ahead and um, talk a little bit about this ahead of uh, ahead of my tasting. This cigar was pretty simple. It didn't do a lot of different things, mm -hmm. but it wasn't bad. Yeah. The initial light, burst of smoke, tangy, slightly young tobacco flavor that almost immediately goes away. So there's a little, um, I'm sure you've experienced this before in cheaper cigars where you light it up and it's got that kind of a green or a young tobacco. Yeah, kind of it's a just, young tobacco flavor. Yeah, It's it's a little, or a raw kind of flavor maybe mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, it's not bad, it just isn't as mature yeah, and, and rich. It's as, definitely one of those flavors that, that you recognize and if you... Usually, if you if you have a cigar that tastes like that, it's a little bit of a red flag. In this one, it just came out right at the beginning and went away almost immediately. Good, good. Um, the first third of this, uncomplicated, sweet cappuccino, dark chocolate with a tangy, fresh-cut lumber finish. I like it. Um, like, you know, it's like sawdust, like, mm -hmm. like you know, that kind of uh, wood smell. It's a very pleasant wood and smell. And again, yeah. not, a, not, a, not necessarily the best wood flavor, but not bad. You yeah. know, kind of a nice smell. Uh, solid ash, perfect burn. Like, that was amazing. The introduction of pepper to the flavor profile around the edges of the palate in the, in the second third of this was, was kind of a nice little surprise. That's, that actually had some development. Same flavor persists all the way through. Smokes a little bit fast. I noticed I got to yeah. that second third pretty quick. It may be short filler. Yeah. Short filler and will so smoke thinking, a little you know, faster. On a cheaper yeah. cigar, but not, not ridiculous. It didn't smoke hot. Right. You know, it actually smoked well. The, right, that's the thing. You don't never, mind yeah. if it goes a little faster as long as it doesn't. I was drinking hot. coffee with it by this point in time. Goes great with coffee. I had mm -hmm. no problems having this as a morning cigar. Uh, medium body mm -hmm. with a little bit lighter feel. Uh, I would definitely say it's a medium cigar, but it just it didn't smoke fully medium. It was a little more on the mild. So if you're a mild cigar uh, smoker, don't be afraid of this because it's it's a medium cigar with a little bit lighter feel overall. Yeah. You know. Um, solid ash, perfect burn. The last third of this started out with more of the same. It really just did that one thing. Like once the pepper showed up, nothing really changed. There's a little bit of pepper in there, sweetness, um, a little cappuccino, all those things mm -hmm. going on. Uh, at the very end of this, about the last uh, inch and a half, two inches of the cigar, the taste turned bitter oh. and was not good. Okay, but no, that's the out. last inch and a half. But that was the yeah. last inch and a half of this cigar. So I'm going to tell you, price to quality, 5.5 right now. Even with all those things, you know, the lack of a development in a cigar, I like the flavors. And the fact that the very end of the cigar got bitter and kind of nasty, uh, it cost me $1.99. $1.99. $1.99. And worth every penny and more. You know, this is going to be one of my new lawnmower Yeah, cigars. it sounds like a great lawnmower I, I, it's dog walker It's a very smokable. Yeah. Yeah. And just know that when you get to the end, it's going to get a little bitter and put it out before then. Yeah. yeah. At $1.99, that's okay. Wow. Right. You know, right. Very, very cool. Very cool. Uh, Trey, you mentioned you uh, smoked something interesting this week as well. I did. Well, you know, if you remember back, um, Tatawahe came out with that Mexico a while back. Yeah, yeah. You know, that one. Uh, and that was limited release, you know, kind of one of my favorite limited releases they had. Um, well, the ME2 is around now, which is basically their right. Mexico Experiment 2. Mm -hmm. 
And I happen to be in Phoenix, Arizona, oddly enough. Uh, the one place I'm having to travel right now for work is Phoenix. And I uh, went by uh, Big Sticks there in Mesa, Arizona, in Mesa, yep. um, be, which is a, a great supporter of Cigars for Warriors and mm-hmm. CRA. And, uh, but they had the ME2s. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that it, it's been so long since I smoked one of the original Mexicos, I can't tell you if it tastes the same. I could tell you my enjoyment level was the same. That yes, and and it was That's it the was most very good. But right, the interesting thing about it is <clears throat> your quality to price, right? Everything from the robusto to the Churchill is priced the same. It's uh, depending on where you're at in the country. It's nine to ten ish bucks, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on your state tax, right? Um, so, I smoked a robusto because I'm a robusto guy, uh-huh. um, and I would probably say the Quality to price was maybe around a three and a half, four. You know, still very good, but it just, you know, became, maybe, and what changed not that, living up to a ten dollar price, right? right. What, what, what changed? Yeah. What changed is when I smoked the Toro, which is also a size I like, and that to me was five point five. I mean, it, wow. it was oh, really? well worth That's, the. It's, the t- but it's the element of I'm smoking the same tobacco, the same blend, in a different size, yeah, which gives that, you a completely different experience. It really does, yeah. But the element is. I would I, I would spend that and more on the Toro size, but they've got them priced the same. When you walk into the shop, it's all the same price point. It's so weird. The message here is get the Toro, not the Robusto, right? I would say yes. It's, it's actually amazing how much difference the shape of the cigar with the same blend will actually oh, yeah. affect the overall flavor my, profile. My current favorite cigar right now is the Bella Artez from AJ That's Fernandez. It's a great cigar. It's a great cigar. But if you can find the short Churchill. It is just that much better than the other sizes. Yeah. The other sizes are all really good because I've tried them all. But uh, but the short Churchill, there's just something about that particular way it's blended. It's just one click better than the others, and it's my favorite. In fact, I it, it's one of those things that when I find it, I buy it because it's it's yeah. uh, it, it's not always in stock everywhere. Uh, so somebody else probably knows this. Now, what is this Maybe beautiful thing that you brought me? Well, that oh. I brought you actually what I'm going to talk about that I had uh, this week. It's the Camacho B.G. Meyer Standard Issue. It's a Churchill, which I believe is the only size that this was released in. They do have some, some B.G. Meyer Standard Issue 10s out there, but I think this is the only full-size cigar. The 10s are, are the smaller uh, kind of minis. So a little bit of background in this cigar. The Camacho brand was uh, basically brought into existence by Christian Arroyo. Uh-huh. Christian is the brother of uh, Justo that we yes. uh, got to spend time with when we were in Honduras. Uh, his name is widely known as a, uh, as a really good blender of cigars, mm-hmm. and he established that Camacho brand as a very reputable, very good line of cigars. And then he sold it to Davidoff. Yep. And when Davidoff bought it, which was a number of years ago, they basically... Almost immediately, just screwed up the brand yep. from from the get go. Uh, they used inferior tobacco on it. They used poor rollers. The quality went down the tubes, and a lot of cigar fans stopped smoking it. So Davidoff realized, and Davidoff, I mean, they're a quality cigar maker. So they realized they needed to do something, and they essentially relaunched the entire line a couple of years ago. Um, and began to turn things around. The quality improved substantially. Both of us have talked about Camacho yeah. cigars, uh, you know, in the last year here on the show that we smoked made a big and, difference and really enjoyed. So they 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 got the whole line back on track. So when they were doing this relaunch, 
They also released something called, and it doesn't even have any Camacho branding on it at all, but it's part of the Camacho line. They also released um, a cigar called the B.G. Meyer Standard Issue. Uh, it was supposed to have a sort of a Hollywood movie, uh, movie studio theme to the cigar. And they even made this video with these good-looking bohemian people riding around in muscle cars and lighting their cigars with a blowtorch. And, like, it was, it was <laughs> kind of Mad Max and, and way over the top. There wasn't any dialogue, but the music was pretty cool on it. Anyway, the cigar was a total bomb. And I don't mean the flavor. I mean, it did not sell. Apparently, the people they thought they were targeting it to didn't weren't interested, and everybody else thought it looked a little weird. And uh, while the most of the Camacho line did regain a great deal of success, the B.G. Meyer kind of flopped. So I picked up a box of these at a great price online because they're not making them anymore, and they're getting rid of the stock of the ones that they did. So... It sports a uh, Nicaraguan wrapper and Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers. Pre-light on this was earthy, had some very rich leather notes to it. I used a punch, I lit it up, and got that boom, that initial Nicaraguan mm -hmm. uh, kind of pepper and spice burst, uh, burst that I was expecting. Uh, I also picked up a lot of wood and leather notes in the first third. And then when it got to the second uh, third of the cigar, this really nice kind of coffee and vanilla bean um, flavor started to emerge, which I really, really liked. Cedar and leather continued all the way through this. Very nice complexity. The construction was decent. They, you know, had uh, some of the places where the veins of the leaf were would burn a little, little slower from uh -huh. time to time. I think I may have tended it once during the during the, but I wouldn't have even probably had to do that. It probably would have smoked just fine. Um, anyway, uh, it, oh, I want to mention. Plenty of smoke and a very rich, creamy kind of smoke that nice. that this uh, that this put out. Uh, definitely a medium to full, maybe just just slightly more medium than full, but it was in between there somewhere. Uh, which again, that's an area I really like in terms of of uh, of cigars. Overall, very enjoyable. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I brought you one, and I'll be interested to see what you think. Awesome. Of it. Uh, but here's the deal: at the original ten dollar price point. For this cigar, I'd probably give the B.G. Meyer uh, maybe a 4.5. It's good, but there's a lot of really outstanding cigars you'd be competing with mm -hmm. at 10 bucks for your for your money. Uh, and, I, and I just don't know if I could say you get your money's worth out, out of that compared to, you know, like a, a, a Romeo and Julieta by A.J. or something that's right in that $9, $10 right. uh, price range. It, it, it was not quite as good as that but here's the thing i didn't pay ten dollars for it i bought a box from holtz and the single cigar price comes to three dollars wow price to quality a 7.5 i haven't had a three dollar cigar this good in forever <laughs> it, uh, and and so it so it just goes to show you the way the price to quality works because had it been ten bucks, it'd have gotten a little less than a five, which five means you get what you pay for. Uh, but at three, oh man, I, I'm I'm telling yeah, $3 you, cigar, Holtz yeah. has these on sale, and I uh, encourage you to go and buy a box of them while they last because you're going to get your money's worth and more if you like 
medium to full uh, cigars with a little bit of that Nicaraguan flavor. Nice. So highly recommended. At this price, highly, highly, highly recommended. So, all right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and do some tasting. We're going to talk about uh, some of the awesome legal news uh, that Trey has to share with us and get an update on what's happening with Cigars for Warriors, how you can get involved, and how you can help. This is Smoking and Toastin', and we are on show number 199. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 199. We have good news for cigar lovers on this show, and our guest is our uh, legal expert and good friend, Trey Boring. Smoking and Toasting is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, the coolest shirts for cigar fans, all under 20 bucks. Grab them for yourself or anybody that you know that loves cigars at MyCigarShirts.com. Ian, as uh, I handed you the, the first beer that we're going to try on the show today. It's from... A brewery we both just love, which is uh, Nola Brewing yeah. from from Nolens. And uh, when I handed you the can, you said, "Well, that just looks just like a Miller Genuine draft." It looks so Miller Genuine. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm it, just gonna I'm just gonna kind of cover it with my hand and hold the can up there and let people see. That's and then when you turn it around, you see the Nola on there. It looks very Miller Genuine though from a glance. Yeah. And so so that uh, while you open that up and pour us a, a sample, I feel like you're uh, suggesting I'll, that I open it up and pour. I us think a you sample. should open it up and pour us a sample. What do you think? Ooh, nice. That was that was good. Once again, sparing every expense on sound effects here, the official smoking. It costs and us a beer every time. Well, that's we do a good a point. Beer opening sound that's a, effect. That's a good point. It's it's like paying a sound effect royalty. Only we get to drink it. Correct. So that's <laughs> so that's a good thing. Uh, while while you're uh, while you're pouring that, Ian, I want to share with you a story about big beer. It's not Miller, uh, who make the uh, genuine draft that you speak of, but it is uh, Budweiser and our good friends, which I say in quotation marks, at Anheuser Busch. Um, oh, they're all about the people. Budweiser wants to become the state beer of Utah. Utah already has a state animal. They do have a state folk dance, but apparently they do not have a state beer. And so Budweiser wants to become their first state beer, and they're making this major marketing push. Now, I don't know, and I don't know if it mentions it here in the story I haven't read. Oh, yeah. this is. Uh, if you're wondering why Utah... It's apparently to commemorate Budweiser's first foray into the state because Utah has recently increased the allowable alcohol content for beer to be sold in grocery stores and bars. It used to be you could only get 3-2 beer yeah, in right. Utah. Uh, now you can get uh, 5% if it's sold in grocery stores and bars. I think you could go to the brewery. What is the standard Budweiser? 4.2? I think it's it's in the fours. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's in the fours. So so in uh, 2019, Budweiser became one of the first full-strength beers to be sold uh, in Utah. And they actually did an unforgettable, the article says, Clydesdale-led funeral to lay the 3.2 ABV beer law uh, to rest. Uh, If you didn't hear about it, they apparently hosted it last Halloween with a ghoulish group of pallbearers and uh, and did their thing. Uh, to me, you know, I read this with some interest and kind of laughed about it because to me it just emphasizes the fact that at Anheuser-Busch, it is all about marketing and PR. Yes. It's not about how good the beer is. It never has been. 
Let me let me ask you this: like their marketing's so good, who didn't want one of those giant Budweiser mirrors to go with their dogs playing pool oh, tapestry? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, like, those things go together. <laughs> they really do. They really do. And they and they, and if I had one, I might still hang the damn thing up, you That's know? Right. It's, it's, it's it looks so right cool. even though it's Budweiser. But but no, but honestly, they've always had great marketing. Yeah. Well, up until the 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 dilly dilly, 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 dilly and the king the and all bully that. Bully campaign. But, yeah. But but you know, through the years they've always had great marketing. Uh but I just I just wish they'd concentrate a little more on the beer. Wait a second. You like flavor? I do. Shame on you. I do. I do like flavor, and I see you've already uh, taken a sample of our Nola I've Amber. Taken a few samples because I do like flavor. Is there some flavor? This is delicious. Happening here? This yeah. is absolutely delightful beer right here. Mm-hmm. Um, the outstandingness of this beer is that it's just damn good. It, it's got this wonderful finish to it. There's a little sweetness. It's, it's to got that a little finish, sweetness, yeah. and I. I don't normally look for sweetness in a beer, but this works. It's a blonde ale with a really malty finish. Yeah, yeah. And then after after the after the swallow, at the end of the finish, you get a little bit of that crispness from the hops in there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But it's not a real hop forward beer. No. Mm-mm. There's a little hop on the nose, but mostly malt. Yeah, it's got a maltiness, and the sweetness is almost it's, like a malted milk ball sweetness. Yes, yeah, it's it? very yeah. doughy smelling. Though, yeah, like, like, yeah. Like. Like when have you ever driven by? I know it's like sunbeam bread, but you drive by there uh, off of Washington. It smells yep. so good. Yeah. That fresh I, bread smell. This has I, that kind of thing. I grew up near San Antonio, and we used to actually in high school when we'd drive into town because I lived a little south of town. We'd drive into town. One of the things we liked to do was drive by the Buttercrust Bakery and oh, yeah. roll the windows, roll windows down because it just smelled so amazing. Yeah. yeah, this has that kind of element when you bring it to your nose that's, mm. that's absolutely outstanding. I'm going to tell you, this is maybe one of the better ambers that I've, this that I've has, had. This, is just, this has the entire palate covered. Like It hits you with that right. nice, crisp... Uh, uh, light flavor right at the beginning then it goes into malt and then after the malt finishes it goes into like this light crispy hops and you know how a lot of a lot of ambers have that little bit of bitter on the finish that gets completely obscured by this sort of sweet malty thing it has the bitter but it's it's more in the middle yeah Yeah, and the and the the sweetness is what lingers this is this is when i see a blonde ale this is what i want a blonde ale Mm -hmm. yeah to taste like yeah, this is. It's, it's got enough characteristics of an ale mm-hmm. to keep you very interested, right? But that little bit of crispness is what you would expect from a blonde beer, and it gives you that refreshing redrinkability. Oh, yes, yeah. and and you know it might not sound like we're describing it as being super refreshing when we're talking about these flavors, but it is. Oh, yeah. a this couple, is a great summer. There's beer. a couple made right around the Houston area that are mm-hmm. outstanding like this. Yeah. It comes to mind like Buckle Bunny. Buckle they call it cream ale, cream ale Blonde Ales, as far as I could tell, are exactly the same thing. <laughs> uh, it's a different name for the same thing. But like Buckle Bunny and then um, the Bombshell Blonde, which is Bombshell a little crisper is than this. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not as malty. It doesn't have the little sweet fun that this has, but also a good solid beer. And I oh, enjoy yeah. the St. Arnold Amber, but that that has more of what I was talking, was talking about, about uh, a little more of the bitter yeah. uh, finish, yeah. whereas this one finishes a little more sweet, so. I think we've got a window washer coming outside the window. If we all are looking distracted, uh, we're trying to see what the hell is going on out there. You crawl up there and make faces at them. Yeah, for sure. Adam, well, put, your, put your butt against the window. Highly recommended uh, yeah. if you can find this uh, anywhere. I believe I bought this one locally, so uh, highly recommended. Yeah, and in the solid more. gold can too. Yeah, so. just look for 
Just look for like something that label looks and... like a genuine draft but isn't. Um, what does it say there on, on the back end? Does it tell us anything about What it about says is we created our flagship beer with New Orleanians. Mm-hmm. New Orleanians. Mm-hmm. All right. Nolanzinians. With New know. Orleanians in mind. Uh, Nola Blonde is a well-balanced, full-flavored ale brewed for year-round versatility. So whether you're grabbing a sixer to take to a crawfish boil, I could see that going well. Mm-hmm. Or cracking one open on your own front porch, Nella Blonde is always the right choice. I gotta say, it's a great beer. And so it said, it mentions that this is their flagship beer, which I didn't know that this maybe may have been the first beer that they came out with. So, uh, kudos to them. Uh, this is the first time I'd actually seen one, but we'd had so many of their uh, of their other offerings and liked them that I thought, well, this will be a great one. To yeah, try. no, it's hard to go wrong with Nola if you're ever in Louisiana and you see Nola. It's uh, I always grab when I'm in Louisiana. I always grab a Yingling because Yingling. Yeah, because uh, but Yingling. I always uh, yeah, like Nola and um, and uh, uh, Parish. Nola, Parish, and Urban South, and Urban are, South are the yeah. are the ones Those that come are. to my mind first. There are some other good ones. Those are the one that, mm-hmm. ones that come to my mind first when you're in Louisiana, yeah. or if or if your state, wherever you are, uh, can get beers from Louisiana. Yeah. Those are all most definitely worth trying. Well, that is really really good stuff. Um, Trey, tell us a little bit about what's going on with Cigars for Warriors. How has the uh, how has the effort been, and has the whole COVID thing slowed slowed down people responding and and donating cigars for you guys? Well, it has, but it's been from the operational perspective, right? Uh, we depend very highly on local stores, mm-hmm. um, donation centers is what they're called. Uh, these stores voluntarily sign up with us; they create and maintain their own donation area. Like a box or, like a, or a humidor. Area generally, yeah, right. it's a humidor, real nice. Uh, a lot of them will hang pictures of uh, veterans that right. shop at the store or kids and relatives mm-hmm. that are serving currently in the military. You know, they, they make it a big deal, right? It's, it's very much a uh, patriotic uh, display along with the uh, display for donating to Cigars for Warriors. And we really depend on those shops for the bulk of our donations uh, because of what we'll talk about later with, you know, the FDA and how they've impacted the cigar industry. Mm-hmm. One of the things they've done is panicked everybody uh, from donating cigars that are manufacturers uh, because there is a, they have they the FDA have come out and said they're they don't accept that. Uh, that's a free cigar. Right. They, and there's a whole problem claiming, with, giving away, right. with people giving away free cigars. So, yeah. you know, with that whole element, um, our early days, we had a lot of manufacturers would give us overstocks or things, you know, mm-hmm. donations for. Uh, so now we are very dependent upon the, the consumer stores. and yeah. the stores. And uh, when they had to shut down in March and April, mm-hmm. uh, by and large, in many many states, it certainly impacted our receipts. Plus, you guys, I know because uh, we've come out uh, sometimes when you've done some of these events where you would go to a store, correct, at, on a Saturday afternoon or uh-huh. sometime, and you'd be there for several hours, kind of highlighting what it is that you do, correct. And uh, sometimes you would do this in conjunction with maybe a cigar promotion that was going on at the store, right. because I remember Ian and I came out uh, to one place where you, that you were, where if we bought a box, and I think Ian and I split a box, yeah. and then we got this sampler pack. Which was a very easy thing to put right into the donation Correct. area, and so uh, those kind of events have probably come co- to a complete halt. Oh, to a complete halt, and then yeah. and then you add our festivals. Uh, you know, we are very big at most of the major festivals. Those have obviously all been canceled. Yeah, and so that's generally uh, 
one of our larger avenues for both cash and cigar donations. So, you know, we've struggled a little bit from the donation perspective. I will say that counter to that, we have also experienced, um, it's picking up now, but we experienced during the bulk of the COVID scare in the March, April, May, June timeframe, mm-hmm. um, our requests from the 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 servicemen and women were also a little bit down, Interesting. which which helped us keep up with what we were right. coming through. But I think that was led because most of these uh, uh, valiant people that are over there serving overseas were probably a little nervous about getting a package sure, from, from I home. I can totally understand um, that. We also instituted, uh, for any donations we've, we've been receiving since the COVID uh, has hit, uh, we quarantine all of our donations for the CDC required 15, 16 days so that if there happened to be that life of the virus, you know, we're doing what the CDC asks everybody to do, and then we kind of hold them. Cause Give it the time. For I obviously can't yeah. take my hand sanitizer and rub it on <laughs> no, a cigar. You know, you know it's yeah. not going to work. It might be kind of fun, but it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Uh, right. So, you know, we've, we've gone through the quarantining, and we've been very uh, very focused on protecting our men and women That's uh, that receive our cigars. But it has impacted us. And, and I will say that um, uh, the Drew Estate Barn Smokers is one good example. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a set of events that goes around nationwide mm-hmm. um, where between the donations we get from Drew Estate and the raffles that they allow us to do and the other things to raise money uh, while we're there, that's about $50,000 of our budget every year. Yeah. And, and so and those are all canceled. And those, for the those year. got all canceled. Now, right. I will give some publicity to Drew Estate. Um, when they canceled the barn smokers, you might have seen the press release come out. They have committed to a record-setting $50,000 donation to Cigars for Warriors. That's huge. To help That's make amazing. us up, That's help huge. us make up what we're losing. So I'll give my pub to any, any of the manufacturers. We've got great manufacturing partners, mm-hmm. but that one was one that really That's big. is going to help us out. I mean, that, that right there could, could you know— Help us as we all are kind of adjusting to the new normal. But yeah, you mentioned uh, that the barn uh, the barn smokers are canceled for this year. Just this last week, uh, Cigar Aficionado announced that all of their big smokes are canceled yeah, for 2020, yep. and the uh, Cigars International Cigar Fest, which yeah. is right. another big one. That's, that's, one. One's that's also another huge event of ours yeah. that that we won't be able to go to. So we're looking, you know, at. As the charity continues to grow, because we are pushing 1.2 million cigars shipped. I mean, when I was on last year, we talked about we had had broken a a million and and all of those. Uh, We're pushing 1.2 million. Even during COVID, we're still sending cigars. It is still the most requested item by a serviceman or woman when they're sitting overseas because it's something they can't get. It's a little flavor of home, and it's the relaxation that, that comes they along desperately need. Yeah. Oh yeah, that 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 helps. We've been told many times uh, by experts, the act of sitting with your unit and smoking a cigar is probably one of the first lines of defense for PTSD. I believe it. And and you know, think about what we do. We've had a hard day at work. Yeah, I go smoke a cigar. Stress washes away. Decompress, right. And and I I usually say this when I'm at an event. I tell everybody, I say, you want to think about how important it is for you to donate a cigar. You and I get that relaxation, and we've had a hard day at work. Nobody has shot at us. Right. Yeah. Unless maybe you're a police officer. But I'm saying nobody has shot at us. Right. No matter how tough your day was at the office. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. Exactly. Well, and when you're in that moment of relaxation, it's, it's, 
it, you very much realize the truth of what I read on one of the shirts at mycigarshirts.com, which is you can't hurry up and smoke a cigar. Uh, whoever came up with uh, that. Whoever came brilliant. up with that. Genius, weren't they? <laughs> Genius. Uh, well, but yeah, no, but that's, that's you're the key. You're 100% right. That's you're 100% the key. right. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and people... You know the people, the anti-smoking uh, forces who are out there, and and there there's some legitimate things that they say. But one of the things that they always miss is, to whatever degree there are health risks to smoking a cigar. What about the mental? Wellness? There is an advantage, some mental advantage to it. And oh, absolutely! Man, there is nothing to me quite like that moment where you're just hanging out. Maybe you're by yourself. Maybe you're with a a friend. You're just hanging out, and that relaxation really really kind of takes hold. It's well, one, a big thing. One of the good things, I guess we can say that, mm -hmm. that's come out of COVID is we've been working very closely with a lot of our manufacturing partners. Hmm. Uh, you know, those companies that, because they can't donate a cigar anymore uh, in their, you know, issues with dealing with the FDA, they're very, well, we can't really give you overstock, have all been very creative in how to help us. Right. You know, um, we men mentioned Juristate, but, you know, Hiram and Solomon, um, this is breaking news for your audience. Um, there's been a few announcements out there, but this will be breaking news for everybody. Hiram and Solomon, uh, which they make that, you know, those the cigars, they're very much a boutique manufacturer. Mm -hmm. um, if you know, they, they do a lot of work with um, uh, Scottish Rites Temples and, and you know, and, and that those organizations. Uh, but they are coming out with a cigar. That will be specifically for cigars for warriors. Oh, so you can have your own cigars for warriors stick. It is. It, it it will be a Hiram and Solomon cigar, specially put out for cigars for warriors, where proceeds from that will benefit our charity. That is That's so awesome. awesome. And it will be a limited release, and we're looking at donation centers being the first element of you know shops that support us being able to carry them, but. That is just one. There are about three other ones that I will not talk about right now because we're still in development. Because they're in development, yeah. But we have multiples of these types of programs that we've been fortunate enough to have the wonderful people in this industry come to us and say, can I do something like this to help? That's nice. one of the things that's, that is so awesome about the cigar industry is it, I think it is a very giving industry. We talk to guys from cigar companies all the time, and they talk about how they're they're friendly with their competitors. They get oh, together it's and very do, inclusive. Yes, it really is. They get together and do things and get involved in things smoke like cigars, cigars for warriors, and they smoke cigars. each other's cigars. Yeah, um, Trey. One of the things that I, really important, I think, for us to ask you is: Is there a space at the Cigars for Warriors website where I can go look and find a participating? Uh, donation center store, a shop in my area that has a Cigars for Warriors donation area. Yes, and, and um, I will tell everybody that we're an all-volunteer organization, so <clears throat> check your local shop anyway. Right. But we try to keep that list as up-to-date as possible. As this is kind of wood. Yeah. We try to be as... But again, none, nobody... But if I go and look there and find see a, a store in my stores, area, right. I know that I can go there and, and donate cigars. And that's right. that's an important thing. Well, yeah. and that's what we tell everybody is online you can donate cash. Mm -hmm. We give you the address. You can even gather up cigars. We, we've been doing them to you. these virtual, you know, clean out your locker kind of yeah. you know, clean out your humidor. Yeah. Where, you know, we've got the address. It's in Ocala, Florida. That's our main distribution point. Mm -hmm. And you can actually mail cigars, you know, Throw them in a one-rate postal box and mail them to us. We'll get them at that address. How do these cigars that I put into a donation humidor or a donation box at a 
local store. How do those get to you? Does the store ship them? Yes. Okay. So the stores, and this is, you know, again, this is a thing you can do to not only support Cigars for Warriors and support the men and the women in the military, but if you go to these stores that are involved in that, they're shipping these cigars that you donate at their own cost yeah. mm-hmm. to Cigars for Warriors. So, again, I, I just love supporting people who support great things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, absolutely. A, it's a really awesome thing to, uh, to be able to do. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back, and uh, when we come back, it's time to play... Hops Against Humanity. We'll be tasting an IPA that uh, uh, I have have a, a sense it may be something I like. I don't know about you guys. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how we do. But it's from a a great brewery in Dallas called Steam Theory Brewing, and we'll be right back with that and more about the legal situation of the cigar industry with our legal expert Trey Boring on Smoking and Toasting Number One Ninety Nine. It's smoking and toasting. This is the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, the coolest shirts for cigar fans, all starting under $20. MyCigarShirts.com, because cigars. cigars. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, Ian's going to open up a little Hops Against Humanity while I share this with you. It's a list, and Ian, you know how I love lists. You are. Uh, I'm, I'm a. I'm you're a, very high fidelity like that. I'm a listophile. I suppose. <laughs> was you could that, say. Wasn't that the movie? Yeah, that uh, yeah that's right. Everybody was making lists. Lists yes. lists. Yes, yes, and I do love lists. Some of my favorite uh, videos to watch on YouTube are the uh, Watch Mojo list where oh, they just yeah. do a top ten or a top twenty of something, and it's it's absolutely awesome. I watched one that was that, that was hilarious. It was like top ten stupidest lyrics ever. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's great, it's great. I, I really enjoy those. Those are the best like time killers because they're all about 10, 15 minutes long, and they're just they're really well done, yeah. well written. So uh, props to Watch Mojo. Ian, this is a list of the thirty five most successful U.S. craft breweries. So with successful, it's based on uh, their sales and and how they uh, how they compete in the general marketplace. So it isn't necessarily a comment on the quality of the beer, although one would guess that if it is craft beer, it's going to have to be reasonably good to be successful. Because I mean, you don't have to necessarily be all that good to be a successful mainstream beer. But if you're if you're no, you just have to tell craft- people that it's good. That's right. That's right. You tell them, they'll believe it. That's the that's the plan. Uh, but as far as craft For breweries go. The most successful ones in the U.S., starting at number 35 out of Frederick, Maryland, the Flying Dog Brewery, yeah. which we've had some of their beers. They're quite good. Your Flying Dog used to make a barley wine called Horn Dog. Yes. I absolutely love that beer. And they just disappeared one day. I don't know what they... Maybe it was just a limited time thing. Maybe it wasn't a... so good. Uh-huh. I used to buy it all the time. All right. We'll keep our eyes like open. like 10 years ago We'll or keep more. our eyes open to see if they ever come back out with Horn Dog again. 12 years. Uh, Surly Brewing Company out of Minneapolis is number 34. I will admit I've not had any of their anything. beers, but uh, that would be one to look for. Uh, out of Seattle, Georgetown Brewing Company. Uh, been around since 2002. Uh, they build themselves as the largest draft-only brewery in America until 2017 when they started selling uh, some cans and bottles. But uh, I'll have to keep an eye out and see if I can get uh, some of those. Gordon Biersch Brewing Company, uh, which uh, is headquartered in San Jose, although they have 
their brew pub uh, restaurants around different yeah. different mm-hmm. parts of the country. I've been to their uh, I think there's one Las in, uh, Vegas, Vegas location. Right, yeah, yep, yeah. I've been to that one, and it's uh, it's actually quite. I actually enjoyed the beer there very much. Three Floyds is uh, number thirty one. They're out of Munster, they Indiana, and they do make great beer. Narragansett Brewing Company from Pawtucket, Rhode Island, is thirty. Uh, at twenty nine, the Twenty First Amendment Brewery from San Leandro, California. Allagash from Portland, Maine, comes Allagash in at number 28. Awesome. They are very good. Trog's Independent Brewing from Hershey, Pennsylvania, is at 27. So Hershey, Pennsylvania. The Troganator. Known, That's not a great only, beer. No, known not only for the, um, is it Trog's? Did I, did Trogues, I pronounce it? yeah. It's Trog's. Uh, known not only for the great chocolate, but also for some great uh, beer. The Troganators, they're uh, Doppelbach. It's so good. Rheingeist Brewery in Cincinnati is at 26. August Shell out of New Ulm, Minnesota, is at 25. At number 24, out of Covington, Louisiana, a uh, Louisiana uh, brewery we didn't mention earlier, yep. the Abita Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. And they are very successful. They've been great at getting distribution for Turbo Dog. Right. Turbo Dog is, Turbo Dog big, is yep. so good. Great Lakes Brewing Company out of Cleveland at 23. Alaskan Brewing Company at 22 from Juneau, Alaska. Summit Brewing Company out of St. Paul, Minnesota at 21. Stevens Point uh, from Stevens Point, Wisconsin, is at 20. At number 19, all of us are familiar with Odell Brewing Company oh, yeah. Fort Collins, Colorado. Man, that 90 shilling is awesome. Oh, the 90 shilling is great. I just love... Their APA is good. Yeah, their APA, the drum roll, is yeah. wonderful. And I just love the limited release IPAs that they come out with. Yeah. Some of them are are just... Hop Picker is great. They're, they've got some You're some at what, wonderful, number what wonderful. right now? Uh, that was number 19. Number 19. Have you taken a sip of this beer yet? No. Have you? I have. Okay, so let's talk about it. Hops Against Humanity. I want to see what you say about it. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I love the big hop monster on the um, yeah. On so the can that's pretty fun. So I'm going to tell you that my response to this beer is it's exactly what I expected it to be, and I love it for what it is. Now, I will say my favorite IPAs are usually not quite this hop bitter. forward and bitter, but there are times. I think I mentioned last week that I had the. Valkyrie uh, double IPA from um, our friends at Southern Star, and and it was very much like this in terms of its hop forwardness. But I am guessing this is not going to be to your palate and probably not to yours uh, because of the pretty intense hop explosion that you I, get on the tongue. Oh, you, go ahead. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I mean it's it's not a beer I would pick to drink all the time. I will say for it being so hop forward. There's a little bit of on my tongue, a little bit of a citrusy kind of finish yes. on the back end. There's definitely some citra hops that, working in this. That that to me it doesn't bother me for the the tasting. Okay, but it's still probably because I'm just not that hop forward a person. Would not. It's not to my palate. Ian. So, I like the nose on this. Mm-hmm. I, it's actually a really pretty floral smell. Mm-hmm. It really in, is in a hoppy way. It's really nice. Um, I like the initial burst of flavor on this, and then everything after that reminds me of like now I feel like I got bits of pine cones stuck in my yeah. teeth. Well, this is what you're talking about. It's it's that resiny hop, it's very resiny that that very is pine cone. and and very. this is this is to me is one of those IPAs that if you are an IPA lover, you think this is incredible. If you are not an IPA lover. 
it's one of the beers that you might point to to say this is why I don't like IPAs. Yeah, this it's is just and, a straight split and they come on out this, and say, this hoppiness. They yeah? come out and say, hey, this is as West Coast as it can be. It says, uh, Well, if you're calling your beer hops against humanity, yeah. I think you're serving a pretty good warning it says, that the this is not going to be a... associated with this IPA is if you put it back on the shelf. Let's <laughs> unleash this monster of a West Coast-style IPA that will send you screaming when you, uh, when you run out. Steam Theory is a full-spectrum brewery with a penchant for traditional styles. Uh, we looked to the past. Uh, we looked to the past to the past. That's a weird way to put it. I don't know what that means. For our inspiration. Uh, this is also at 7.3%. Uh, there's there's some likable stuff about this, but I would, I would pass on this. This is way too West Coast style for me. This is exactly what I don't generally like in an IPA. Uh, but I've had West Coast IPAs that I really, really like that have right. a little more body and a little less of that resiny aftertaste. And again, this is this is my taste on right. it. Right. So what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say about this different. is that I really like it, and but but I like it for what it is. When I'm in the mood for this kind of an IPA, this is one that I would reach for. But I'll also mention there is because I you know I look at some of the beer forums online and stuff. There are a number of IPA fans that this is exactly what they're looking for. Have you heard the term uh, palate wrecker? Yeah, this could be a bit of a palate wrecker. Oh, yeah. Do this... not try to pair this with a cigar. It will not work. <laughs> no, and I say that as a lover of both IPAs ruin... and cigars. Yeah, yeah. this would ruin yeah. also. If you, if you use dip, it would ruin that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, but I will tell you, this is the kind of, this is the kind of uh, IPA that... I would enjoy for my last IPA of the night. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't yeah. have to worry about it getting in the way of, of anything else that you're going to be trying to to taste. You're going to just just enjoy it for the hoppy uh, hoppy monster that it is. Hops it is, against it is humanity. It's a hoppy monster. And uh, Steam Theory, uh, by the way, I think this is the first of their beers we've tried. I would be really interested to try some of their other yeah. styles uh, it, too. There's a there's a quality level that you can taste in here. I just don't like the uh, the flavor outcome. That's just. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a that's a my personal taste thing. So. Yeah, it's a palate thing. Yeah, well, it's like cigars. You get people argue about. Oh, I, I hated that cigar. Right. I loved it. There's some people yeah. who don't love a full-bodied cigar. Right. For example, they want something a little milder. Uh, I think of my uh, my buddy Dave. His his son Sam is a huge cigar fan. Yeah. But he loves Connecticut wrappers and and yep. mild cigars. That's just what his palate really that's enjoys. Wants, yeah. And that's what he wants. I'll give him a. a you know, a fuller-bodied cigar every once in a while, and he'll smoke it, but he always goes I back. I find it hard to grab a cigar that's not a Maduro. I know. I know. <laughs> you know like uh, a Maduro or a Habana or a sun-grown leaf, usually. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm yeah. Um, going back to our list at number 18, the Minhas Craft Brewery out of Monroe, Wisconsin. Are you familiar with that one? No, I, mean, I never I heard that you, one. I know you know some of the breweries from that area. At number 17, one I am very familiar with is Harpoon Brewery oh, out yeah. of Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only familiar because we've had their beers here, but I spent a whole lot of time drinking Harpoon when I lived in Harpoon's one of those that's been around a long time, too. Like, they were, they were a very earlier. Yeah, they weren't as early as Boston Beer Company, yeah. Sam Adams, uh, but they were very early, and they were... Um, they were really a thing. I, I remember I told you this. I moved uh, a number of years ago from Houston, Texas to Boston, Massachusetts, and I quickly noticed that where in Houston you would go to a bar and everybody had Shiner Bach right. on tap, when you went to a bar in Boston, everybody had Harpoon IPA on tap. And that was actually when I fell in love with IPAs. I was not an IPA drinker before that. But it was everywhere, and it was cold, and you would, you know, you would get a glass and yeah. try it. And before long, I was like, 
this beer is amazing. And that's what really kind of started me down the path to enjoying IPAs. But the Harpoon IPA is a really good IPA. It really is. Their IPA is a classic, and they also make a really good coffee porter that they co-brand with Dunkin' Donuts, which is another uh, Boston-based uh, uh, you know, uh, business that, that is everywhere. Anyway, every, everything they... Everything they do uh, that I've tried is really good, and do not sleep on the Harpoon Winter Warmer. It is a thing of beauty. Nice. So if you see that around, uh, grab some of it. FX Matt Brewing Company, for, uh, uh, which is uh, Saranac. You may have seen Saranac uh, is their beer brand name. They're out of Utica, New York. They're at number 16. New Glarus Brewing Company. Isn't from- there a Unica Brewing, too? I believe there is. Yeah, I believe there is. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Uh, New, New Glarus Brewing Company yeah, out New of Glarus. New Glarus, Wisconsin, is uh, 15. At 14 is Sweetwater. We see Sweetwater yeah, on the Sweetwater shelves here in the greater Houston area. I want to buy their beers more, but I don't like their marketing. Like, it looks The to fish me... jumping out of the water? Yeah, yeah, just their cans look so almost Well, they are very generic. active. They're out of Atlanta, and they're hugely and they're active in the conservation movement. So mm-hmm. that's why you always see... You know that that kind of artwork on their cans and stuff. They also, if I'm not mistaken, are the ones that do a beer I just have not been able to develop a taste for, which is that 420, which actually has, oh, has the uh, a, a cannabis uh, uh, in it, and and it's just like, you know, that's a smell that I don't mind, but I don't know if I want it in my IPA. The flavor, yeah. yeah. I, I just haven't I haven't come to terms with but that. Yet. Some people love it though. There yeah. are Hoppy IPAs that have a little of that yes. in it. Like yeah, absolutely not added in, but just happen to have, have that have a little uh, of that of that aroma to Smell them. that yeah. aroma that yeah. at number thirteen, I know you know these guys, Ian, the incredibly creative Dogfish Head Craft Brewery love out of them. Milton, Delaware. Uh, recently acquired by Boston Beer, yeah. Sam Adams. Uh, at number twelve, Brooklyn Brewery from Brooklyn, New York. We've had Brooklyn a number Brewery. of their yeah. great beers. At eleven, Deschutes Brewery out of Bend, Oregon. Great brewery. Great brewery, awesome beers. Artisanal Brewing Ventures out of Downingtown, Pennsylvania, and Lakewood and Brooklyn, New York is at ten. Don't know that. Now the the Downingtown, Pennsylvania brewery I'm familiar with is Victory. Yeah. Uh, and we've had a number of their beers on the show as well. Uh, at number nine, we all know Stone Brewing out of Escondido, California. Uh, they uh, The Stone Pale Ale, which they still produce, was the first beer they made when they started in 1996. The Stone IPAs are some of the best out there. And they make a few that I that are just too IPA for me, yeah. too West Coast IPA for yeah. me. But I, in general, I love almost everything. But the quality level yeah. of what they do is just outstanding. Uh, a craft beer collective formed in 2015 is the company that comes in at number 18. It's Canarchy, and Canarchy is composed <laughs> of Oscar Blues, Cigar City Brewing out of Tampa, Squatters Craft Beer, Wasatch Brewery, which is out I of I love uh, all Utah, of those. Deep Ellum Brewing out of Dallas, Perrin Brewing Company, and Three Weavers Brewing Company. I don't know the uh, last two. So... So now you're talking about uh, Perrin has a blonde porter ale with chocolate that apparently is uh, very popular. Uh, and, of course, Cigar City has the Hialeah IPA, which is uh, And Maduro. Really their brown ale oh, their brown is Maduro so is, is good. just great. Uh, and number seven, Ian, you are familiar with this one from Comstock, Michigan, uh, Bell's Brewery. I love Bell's. They Big fan. just make great Big beer. Big fan. Gambrinus uh, comes in at number six. And it comes in, Gambrinus is actually an importing company. They import a number of beers into the United States that are made in other countries, but they also are the company that gives us um, uh, two beers you may have heard of. One is called Trumer, uh, which uh, is from Austria, 
And the other is a little place uh, from Shiner, Texas, the Spetzel Brewery Shiner ah. Beer. So, uh, so Shiner itself sells so well around the country uh, that it propels Gambrinus into the number six spot. You can they're... actually get Shiner in International Falls, Minnesota. Oh, it's it's amazing. That's the places crazy. That I've, that, oh, I've, yeah. that I've actually been able to see and buy a Shiner. Uh, Duvel Mortgat at number five. They're from Paso Robles, California, and also from Kansas City, Missouri, and Cooperstown, New York. Uh, they own Boulevard Brewing yeah. in Missouri. Uh, they own Firestone Walker Brewing yeah. in California and Brewery Omagang in New York. Nice. All three very well-respected, yeah. awesome uh, awesome craft breweries. And very different from each other as yes, well. Yes, which is very cool. They're yeah. all very, very different in terms of the styles that they specialize in. Uh, at number four, out of Fort Collins, Colorado, and San Francisco, the New Belgium uh, Brewing Company. They were bought late last year by Lion Little World Beverages, which is a subsidiary of Kieran, but, uh, but they continue. Uh, Sierra Nevada is number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston Beer Company is number two. Wow. That's Sam Adams. Yeah. Wow. And guess who's number one? DG Yingling and Son Incorporated. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they were bigger than uh, they. They are the oldest uh, yes. brewery in the United States, I believe, and they are uh, out of Pottsville, Pennsylvania, and and just in terms of volume, the biggest craft brewery. Non, you know, wow. uh, I didn't realize they were bigger than Boston owned. Brewers. Yep, yep. And so, uh, so this is all from a list that was in USA Today, and that was kind of fun to go through. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fun. It's especially fun to go through while we're drinking some good beers here. Uh, while we're while we're at it, uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. I want to talk um, about legal stuff when we come back. Uh, Trey, there's been some great developments this week, and I'd love for you to lay it out for us in layman's terms when we return. Perfect. Plus, it'll be time for some gin. The gastro gin, Dutch dry gin, will be next on our tasting list, and so we're looking forward to checking that out. It's smoking and toasting, and we appreciate you guys checking us out. We'll be right back. Makes me feel like I'm part of the music, you know? Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. And we are so thrilled to have you guys on show number 199. 199. That's crazy. No one stopped us yet. Way to to 200. I think it's safe to say that no one has stopped us yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that'll that'll piss somebody off, but, you know, (laughs) uh, they're going to just have to deal with it. Uh, Our show is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great cigar lover T-shirts at uh, MyCigarShirts.com starting under $20. They are a supporter of Smoking and Toasting, so please support them. We appreciate it. Um, Welcome back to the show. We're going to be tasting some gin. Oh, and I almost forgot to mention, we do have drinking news today, and it will lead off our final segment here uh, after this. But but we're going to taste some gin, and so maybe, Ian, while you uh, take a look at this bottle here and tell us what we're going to be tasting and for some samples of this, we'll get uh, Trey to bring us up to speed on our uh, legal uh, legal issues for cigar lovers. Uh, This is something that I picked up here. I've never seen this gin before, but I picked it up this last week. Uh, It looked really interesting. And, and came recommended from the guy that was uh, that was helping me out at, at Specs. I told him, yeah, I'm looking for something from like you know smaller distillery, something craft, something uh, very interesting. Kind of told him about ones that I liked, and he asked if I tried this, and I said no. So he he pointed me towards it uh, and said that he 
really, really loved it. His comment was that um, you got the botanicals in it, but it wasn't just like drinking a cup of lavender. So I said, <laughs> okay, I'm down. Because I'm not big on the lavender taste, but I do enjoy you know, the floralness of, of gin. So uh, while Ian's pouring that and we're passing those around for tasting, uh, Trey, bring us up to speed. The last time we had you on, the cigar industry, retailers, manufacturers, and fans uh, of premium cigars were just completely under assault by the government. The FDA had been put in charge of regulating uh, cigars, including premium cigars, and their ongoing uh, efforts to try to curb teen smoking and underage smoking um, were extending these very onerous regulations all the way into the premium cigar industry, which does not suffer from teen smoking and underage smoking. And in almost all cases, but yet these regulations were going to be so tough to deal with that it. I was seeing, you know, uh, some estimates that it was going to put uh, even as many as a third of small cigar retailers out of business, and was going to put a lot of boutique cigar companies out right. of business. Um, there have been some better turns as this legislation. The legislation was approved and put into effect. Tell me if I'm correct on this, but had had not actually begun to be enforced yet. Am, am, I, am I saying that in the correct. right way? So where all this comes from is that the, um, uh, you know, Ted Kennedy's last hoorah was passing the Tobacco Control Act. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he got that through, FDA took control of all tobacco. Okay. And obviously they started with cigarettes. Mm -hmm. That's where they started, started hammering cigarettes. They began... Um, a few years ago to start talking about what they wanted to do for premium cigars, which is really what motivated a lot of the grassroots efforts that Cigar Rights of America, uh, the trade the trade in and of itself, uh, uh, the cigar industry began to, to battle. And uh, what we have found is we've really tried to push legislation um, in fact, from a grassroots perspective, you can still fill out the FDA petition for your senators and your congressmen. Go to the uh, cigarrights.org uh, website, CRA's website. You can look us up on the online and, and do follow through to do your petitions because we still have a hope that at some point Congress will actually start working. Um, and <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I know, I know. And if they do, there's you know this legislation that we can try to be able to partner and ride on something else that would exempt premium cigars from right the that, control that would be the 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 best case scenario best case scenario for premium cigars is to be completely exempted right from this legislation which isn't really designed to be about premium cigars no, anyway no it's it's designed to impact um youth smoking that mm -hmm. was the whole premise um so but it Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, you've done a lot of uh, festivals and events. Um, how many times out of all the events over the years have you turned away kids who are trying to get in under 18? Never. Okay, there you go. I, I you know, it's... Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. Kids aren't it? walking into a cigar shop to spend... We talked about Ever. $9 cigars. Yeah. These kids Are don't. Are you kidding me? What teenage kid's going to walk in to buy a nine dollar cigar? No, you know, 
they're going to buy a, a little pack of uh, of cheapos at the convenience station, store, right? If they're, they're going to try to do it, if they're going to try so to do it, this shouldn't be about premium cigars. It's what the cigar industry has held all along. Correct. That's been our that's been our push all along. Um, and so, you know, what has happened is is that um, the the industry um, with with Cigar Rights of America, which is the consumer organization came together and started the lawsuit a few years ago about the deeming regulations. Now, we've had two major victories within the legal premise. Right. The first one was, man, don't ask me how many months ago because I'm over over 50 in my brain, you know. (laughs) Several. Several months ago, we won the the, uh, limitation on the implementation of the warning bands, right? You know, the warning labels. The warning labels were going to have to be one thirty percent of the box. Uh, yeah, yeah, almost a third so of the cigars package. We've got a victory there through this legal avenue, which is our only avenue because, again, you can't get Congress to actually work. So, you know, this is our avenue. Um, yesterday, if if you follow many of the cigar blogs or you know online, there was a lot of press coming out about this yesterday. Um, the cigar industry scored its second major victory which is an indefinite hold on what they call the su- substantial equivalency. This is right. where the boutique cigar manufacturers were going to have to submit blends to get them graded and, and, and adjust, just like cigar or cigarette folks have to do before they introduce mm-hmm. new cigar- cigarettes, which, you know, from our perspective as an industry, a small boutique guy, because we never knew they hadn't implemented anything, we didn't know what the cost was going to be. Right. So how could you get a local manufacturer? Um, you know, talk about here in Houston, guys that are, are represented in the cigar industry. You know, um, uh, Cabal Cigars, little small, mm-hmm. you know, operation, great cigars. But I mean, how was he going to battle deeming this, these these regulations? Right. Right. Because and and there was there was such an arbitrary nature to the whole premise process. Yeah. Anyway, they aren't saying it has to be only so much of this or only so much right. of that. You just had to submit them and wait. Right. And so that's what the victory yesterday is about, is is indefinitely putting that process on hold. So indefinitely on hold, what does that mean exactly? Well, I mean, the, until the next challenge comes up. You know, right. the, the FDA can certainly appeal these decisions and, you know, things like that, and, and the battle can continue. Um, they can go back and further refine or define in the regulations uh, the elements that the judge picked out that were not, mm-hmm. you know, Viable, right? They can address those and then try to come back at it. Um, but that process is going to take several years at the soonest, right? If, I, if they do, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, it depends on how motivated some staff members at the FDA are. And right now, well, <laughs> I'm it, not thinking there's a lot of motivated staff members at the FDA. Maybe well, I'm wrong. In, in my in my daily life, in my regular job, yeah. I deal with the FDA a lot on importation and uh, rules and, and regulations. And, mm-hmm. and I will tell you. That they have some very wonderful people. It's not a slam against people that work for the FDA. There's very wonderful people that work there, uh, but they have a few that um, take their <laughs> saddle that they've mounted on the horse of bureaucracy yes. and ride it with pride. Um, so, <laughs> so well said. There, there are nice. there, there there are still openings. This is a great victory. It is a victory that we should all be proud of, and we all should all be happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never means the fight is over. Right. And that's why we need grassroots involvement. We need people that are willing to write those petitions because those petitions help us in cases like this where, you know, the if the FDA starts getting a lot of phone calls from congressmen and senators going, hey, you know, I'm getting a lot of response on these things. 
put it lower on your priority list, right? People tend to listen. And you know what I think is important is to realize the zeal and the fervor of certain uh, anti-smoking groups Mm -hmm. who may be well-intentioned, but who don't understand the fact that this shouldn't apply to premium cigars. So they're out beating the drum on a regular basis using very powerful lobbyist groups Mm -hmm. and people that have the ears of the senators and the congressmen, and they are really pushing hard. And again, I'm not really faulting the the cause of their efforts but what they're not doing is is stopping to look at what really should be addressed right. and yeah. what really is not a problem and and by kind of throwing this incredibly wide net they have really detrimental uh, it has really detrimental effects if these laws go into place and are enforced on uh, premium cigars it will make it harder for cigar smokers to find Yep. New and interesting cigars, it'll make them more expensive when you do get them. There's, there's just no doubt about it. And look, we well, as cigar smokers are already taxed far more than the average those, product in America. Those things is taxed. get lumped together so bad. It's it's almost to the ridiculous point of if they came out with new legislation about motorcycles, but all that has to apply to bicycles too, correct? Because they that, work the same a, way. That's a, a great really analogy. No, they don't. Analogy. Yeah, yeah. But they kind of look the same, right? And they have some. They both have two wheels. They both have well, two wheels. You th- know, I think mean, about, it's very, very much. Think about what we had to do when scooters became more street legal, right? Yeah. You know, that was sort of that whole deal is how did states deal with scooters versus motorcycles, and right. You know, do the same and rules and the laws difference? apply? Yeah. What was the difference? But uh, this is, and I'm about to give you Trey's opinion, and Trey's opinion only. It does not represent, okay, <laughs> the opinion of of CRA, CFW, anybody else. But I think the best thing that ever happened to us was the increase in vape usage with teenagers because it took a focus at the FDA and at other organizations off of cigars. Interesting, because I would have thought that that was adding to the problem because oh, it made it, it, people well, you know, that much more crazy about the whole process. Well, but, but you're think saying about the money they're spending now. Yes, think about the money they're spending now on anti-vape ads. And I'm not right. a supporter of vape. I'm not— you know, again, I'm just saying, look at all what they're doing. Anti-vape ads, they're spending millions of dollars on that educational program. That they could Where could that on, money yeah. have been spent if vaping didn't come along? It might be spent on us, and we are a niche industry. This industry is not millions and millions and millions and millions of people. Mm. You know, our market is not that large. Mm-mm. We can be sold out by government officials very quickly because— we are still a community-driven product, not a global-driven product. Right. Meaning, it's not you know, cigar smoking is not as popular as beer drinking. It's right. not as popular, you know. And so, the fact that another evil came along—I'll put it right, in air right. quotes. No, no, I get it. Another yeah. evil came along. I personally, my opinion only, think that helped us a little bit. You, because where would that right. money go? They could certainly spend that money on an ad campaign to educate voters. Well, it's, it's better for them to have something to do that than not. Right. So right. <laughs> That's it, at least they're focused on a different give them, area. Give them a big problem to deal with right. Right. versus a bunch of little problems right. that yeah. they yeah. start paying right. attention to. Uh, it's, it's a good but thing. But yeah, so too. like I said, we've had some good things. Uh, the one thing, um, in fact, uh, um, the, the folks at CRA, I'd, I'd asked them for you know a few points they wanted to bring up as soon as I was coming. Mm-hmm. 
And the main thing they talked about was, again, still be active if you're out there with your grassroots. Join the organization if you're not a member. Right. It's a member-driven organization. Um, it is consumer-driven. Um, and then the other thing is also be aware of what's going on at your le- st- local and state level. There are smoking bans continually being pitched across yes, the country. Everywhere. At a constantly. local and state level. Um, use your grassroots um, effects there. Keep a watch on those. And be active when those things come up. I mean, yeah. If you live in a state other than California, you don't know what a uh, smoking ban is is really like. Because Ian has, I thought, the best, you know, the best summation of the state of California smoking policy uh, that that I've ever heard. Ian, do you remember what it was? Yeah, you can smoke anywhere you want as long as it's not inside. Or outside. Yeah, that's basically the smoking policy in California. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it's really encouraging to get good news because it seemed like for so long, anytime we would talk about anything to do with legal stuff in the cigar industry on the show, Ian, it seemed like it was just bad news after bad news. Mm-hmm. This hasn't been proposed and this has been passed. So it's great to get good news. But, uh, Trey, I hear what you're saying. We can't let up our efforts to continue to allow groups like CRA to to represent us and really make sure that we don't we can't take our foot off the here's, gas now. Here's the bottom it's, line it's about It's kind of like you're in the fourth quarter of the game and your your team just took the lead, but there's still time on the clock. You here's, can't stop here's the thing playing. Thing about CRA, CRA is out there working so you can smoke your cigar. Right. They're working very specifically for you personally. Right. So that you can smoke your cigar, and that's just a that's just the way you got to look at it. You know? Right? They wouldn't exist if they weren't necessary. This is not like a hey, let's just get together and create some kind of right. They you know, are political thing. They are your representative in this fight, and and it's an important fight if you're a fan of cigars. It really is. Cigarrights.org. Yeah, and that's where you go to find out more about what's going on. And very importantly, if you're not a member, we strongly encourage. If you love cigars, this is. This is a group you should be a member of. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. It really absolutely. is. Ian, you've poured the uh, gin, and uh, I'm fighting a, off a sneeze here. So if I turn away momentarily, I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know if it's gonna happen or not. But if, if I turn you away sneeze, we're all leaving the room. That's right. I know. <laughs> That's the thing. It scares everybody. All, all Remember you have when to people do, used to yeah. used to cough to cover up a fart. Yes. Now it's the other way around. Oh, I was gonna say. Used to be, if you wanted to clear a, a crowded room, you could fart. Uh, now all you have to do is cough. Right. Boom. People people are out of there like crazy. Um, uh, tell us about the gin, Ian. This is a, this is a very interesting looking bottle. This is bottle. the gastro gin. I love the label with the uh, the skull with the top hat and the crossed chef knives underneath it. Dutch dry gin. I'm sure there's a reason for that. And this it's got like little junipers and mm-hmm. other uh, plants on here going on. Juniper being the, the big, botanicals. Uh, yeah, the big, the big botanical. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the the taste. You guys have both tried this. Um, I want to talk about lemon or lemongrass being huge on yeah. this and pepper. Um, it is not as my friend at the store where I bought this at Specs down in Midtown Houston uh, pointed out. It is not a lavender bomb. No, which no. I would not. I, I I just don't really have a big appreciation for that flavor. But there is some citrusy lemon in here. Very citrusy And lots lemon. of floral. Um, I, I'm not as good with flowers to know which ones I'm thinking of. But I, I'm trying to think of the, the flavor I'm getting off yeah, of it, but yeah. it is it is not. Yeah. It really is enjoyable. There's though. Okay, so uh, I'm sitting here picking at it because I actually had some of this earlier. Um, 
like dandelion and rose petal mm. a little bit. Okay, good. See, the rose petal kind of underlying. Yeah, there is definitely a little bit of a rose petal vibe there. Uh, but it's, I tell you what, this is really delicious. And, you know, I'm I'm not as big a fan of gin as I am of some other spirits, but this is one I could really enjoy just sipping. And I would bet you this would make an excellent martini. Well, so I was reading the back of this, and this this backs up with this this citrus, huge citrus mm-hmm. with a slight pepper on it. Uh, it says, as long as I can remember, my drink of choice has been gin and tonic. I could see this being a great gin and tonic, a yeah, badass gin and tonic yeah. gin. The combination of botanicals, a tonic, and the right garnish has sparked my creativity and culminating the perfect choice before any culinary experience. In mm. search of the perfect gin and tonic, I came along a distillery which has been making. Um, Genevers and gin, Genevers, mm-hmm. Genevers, is that mm-hmm. what it is? And gin, uh, since uh, 1658. Together, we ventured out in pursuit of a gin that would captivate my favorite flavors, ones that are fresh, real, and genuine. Hereby, my exquisite and daring mix of various peppers grown in every corner of the world, carefully blended with citrus notes and fennel. Fennel, there Fennel's you go. Fennel's the one Thank that we you. weren't missing. Yep. All this based on a solid mix of gin-style botanicals. This gin will change your palate. The aftertaste on this really is um, dandelion. Yeah, like it really me. is. It really is. It's, it's, it's I, I tell very. You what, I think it's. I think it's very good, and I think it would make a great gin and tonic. And I don't even know how to make one of these, but I've decided that the next cocktail I'm going to learn to make is the slow gin fizz, just because it's the coolest name of like any cocktail in the world. I, just, I just hear the name and I just want one. I don't even know what's in it. I want you to tell gin. me how that turns out. Okay, I, I'm sure it'll be a disaster. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I've I, I've actually made a gin fizz before. And how did it go? Well, let me just tell you. I want you to tell me how how it works out for you. <laughs> okay. Let's see how your arms feel. <laughs> Speaking of gin, by the way, you know that George Clooney's uh, tequila, Casamigos, uh, was acquired by Diageo, one of the big spirits companies, uh, for a great deal of money. Diageo has now picked up. Aviation Gin, which is wow. owned at least in part by actor Ryan Reynolds. Right. And the deal That was the one that was on the uh what's the what he's was, been a it was lot a TV of show that was uh, it was on. He's I been a lot I know him more from movies, but he's been in a lot of stuff, Ryan Reynolds. He um but didn't he do the Green Lantern movie that was such a bomb? Oh, that but was a terrible movie. But he but he's been in some other good yeah, stuff yeah. too. Yeah. Uh but uh, but I will tell you this, the deal could be worth up to six hundred and ten million dollars. Wow! Wow! It's apparently it is the second largest super premium gin in the United Entourage. States. Entourage isn't that the one that they used on Entourage all the time? No, that was a tequila. Yes, they oh, used Avion tequila. Oh, Avion. Avion. Okay, yeah. sorry. And Avion tequila is pretty good, I will say. They, I'm sure that they worked out a marketing deal with the Entourage show to be the. Yeah, I've actually brought it on the tequila, show. But yeah, point. it's it's, yeah. it's actually really good. But uh, anyway, so Ryan Reynolds making a little money during the pandemic. He may not be acting in any movies, but he's uh, he's yeah, doing well. All right. I mean, he did the Deadpool, right? right? Yeah, those that's are, right. But those yeah, are hilarious. Definitely, don't cry and for in me. Very and Ryan bad Reynolds. taste. Yes, <laughs> yes, but but a lot of fun. Well, this is good. All right, let's come back. Let's take a break and come back. Uh, we'll enjoy the rest of this gin during the break. But when we return, it's time for the Black is Beautiful Imperial Stout, the original one. Uh, from uh, San Antonio, from Weathered Souls Brewing. And, as we love to do, 
the return of drinking news. Drinking news. Yeah. Uh, it's all coming up in segment number five. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the program that's all about uh, fine spirits, craft beer, and hand-rolled cigars. We're glad to have you on with us for show number 199, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Check them out. They support Smoking and Toasting, so please support them. We would appreciate it. Um, before we get into a little, uh, a little uh, Black is Beautiful uh, Imperial Stout, it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Aren't you glad Ian's saying that instead of me? I am. <laughs> uh, drinking news, and he's working on our drinking news jingle. It'll happen eventually. It'll happen eventually. Maybe you could. After 200. Maybe you could bring it in for 200. After, I'm just saying. After 200. After 200. All right. Uh, drinking news, as those of you who are regular uh, listeners or viewers of the show know, is where we try to share a story with you that may or may not be about drinking, but may be most. You know, properly enjoyed if you are drinking, and certainly we've started that here. So, I think it's time for today's drinking news. A city council meeting. We've all had we've all had to do Zoom. Wait a meetings, second. Right? This story didn't start with a Florida no, man. No, it didn't. It started, but uh, but uh, it, let's let's say we should have started this by saying a Rio de Janeiro couple. <laughs> so that's 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 all how right. I should have started the story because that's where that's where we're headed. But you guys, you guys have all had to do. And Ian, I know you're doing guitar lessons on Zoom, right? With, yes, I've for some of your students. If you had to do a Zoom uh, conference meetings, Trey, I, I was doing one just before the show. Okay, so there so, you yeah. go. So the, yeah, so that's that's how it works. So we've all, uh, you know, we've all had to use Zoom uh, during the pandemic to uh, communicate and do some of our some of our meetings, and and this is no exception for the city council. In Rio de Janeiro. However, during a recent Zoom city council meeting in Rio de Janeiro, uh, the participants in the meeting got to view something a little bit unusual. Because apparently one participant who had been involved early on forgot to turn off their computer and Zoom camera and the entire meeting got to watch a couple having sex on the Zoom feed during the city council meeting. We actually have a still photo of it here, which I will, uh, which I will tell you, is is not uh, you know is not indecent, but you can kind of see, kind of <laughs> sort of what's going on in the Zoom chat here. Uh, that yeah. looks like a cigar. Uh, the uh, Leonel Brazola uh, continued the meetings. He's the chairperson of the city council. Continued the meetings despite the scenes in the background. Uh, look at the look on everyone's face. <laughs> that's, see, that's that's why this is beautiful. It's, it's not so much, you can't really see that much of what's going on with the couple, but the look on everyone's face is priceless. Because imagine this was video, so there was motion. So you could really tell what was going down. Uh, the counselors uh, reportedly noticed but decided not to discuss the matter at hand. And it was uh, a meeting chaired by a member of the Socialism and Liberty Party, Leonel Brazola, who continued the discussion despite what was happening on the video feed. So uh, anyway, it was it was really all about how to guarantee food for students in the municipal system during the pandemic. But there was just a little extra. Somebody going was on. feeling yeah. amorous. Yeah, that's right. So, 
so anyway, this you know we we've uh, shared with you that there's a guy that has these farm animals that uh, are kind of uh, wacky, uh, like a donkey and a chicken that he will use. Uh, if you pay him fifty bucks, he'll interrupt your he'll uh, like uh, uh, crash your Zoom call like a photo bomb. Uh, you you give him the information. He waits until your call starts, and then a donkey appears, going, you know, uh, <laughs> which I think I may like this better. Actually, this may be even more interesting. So, uh, so here's to that. Here's to uh, drinking news. Uh, when Urban South was on the show, Urban South Brewery uh, from the Greater Houston area was on the show. We tasted their Black is Beautiful uh, of Imperial Stout, and it was based on the original recipe, which came out of Weathered Souls Brewing. In San Antonio. Now we've gotten our hands on a uh, very nice large can of the Weathered Souls Imperial Stout, and uh, hopefully, beautiful. hopefully, Ian, the uh, the gin that we had in the last segment uh, kind of cleansed your palate of the hoppiness of the IPA, so that you yes. can so that you can enjoy this um, uh, and and really get a, a sense for it. Uh, any first reaction? I saw you take a sip. It's delicious and bitter. It's bitter, very coffee bitter. Right. right, not in a hot bitter kind of way, no. but it uh, it actually strikes me with a little more of the coffee bitterness than I remember from the Urban so, South version. I like, I like. I'm not a um, I'm not a must have coffee no matter what drinker. Like I know a lot of people like that, but I like coffee and I like good coffee. And when I drink coffee, I drink it black, right, straight black. And, and this, this is black coffee. Is taste. very yeah. black coffee yeah. finish on it. Yeah, it um, really is. And that kind of bitterness to it. It's a little sweet up front, mm-hmm. but I like this a lot. Because I do like that coffee bitter kind of flavor. Overall. Do you remember enough from when we sampled the uh, Weathered Souls? Uh, if version? I remember correctly, uh, sorry, it had the, a little uh, coconut to it. Yes, and it had. That's right. Uh, uh, almost a toasted marshmallow. I, there was there was some a lot of sweetness on the end. That, and just to correct myself, this is the Weathered Souls. The one I was talking about was Urban South, which we had right, uh, a couple right. of weeks ago here on the show. But yeah, they, there's. Theirs, I think, did have a little bit more sweetness to it. This one, yes. this one really lives in that dark. No, this coffee, lives in that black coffee, flavor. yeah, yeah. Uh, dark mm-hmm. roast coffee kind of mm-hmm. area. And it is, it really is delicious. I mean, this is something that you know we've for a while we've been encouraging people to buy these if you find them because it's you know it, it's great cost to support. It's good to see. You know, there have been uh, there's been a great deal of noise about the craft beer industry. Not being as racially integrated as it probably should be, and I don't think it comes from a place of of intent. Uh, I think it's just that a lot of white guys started, you know, started doing home brewing and and graduated it into, um, you know, into being an actual uh, producing brewery. But but I do, I am really happy to see the inroads that are being made towards diversity in the craft beer uh, industry, and in particular. The way that a number of brewers have em- embraced the Black is Beautiful uh, beer, which, which I think not only is it delicious, but uh, but it's it's a good thing it's a good thing to be a part of. Yes. So, uh, you're a stout fan, are you not? I am. Yeah, huge stout fan. Yeah, this is this is great. And I, but again, it's great because of the coffee note of bitterness is again what I drink. I like when I drink my coffee. I like a, you know a straight black coffee, and so that element of it is is really good. I think you could. Which I, I don't know if I would have liked the other one because when you if you added a lot of sweetness to this recipe, I think it changes your experience. And, and to me, this is a this is like a true stout. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, true, true coffee there's stout. There's also right? in the very back, uh, and especially on the retro hail, there's a little note of very burnt caramel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very burnt caramel in yeah. there. Um, 
Definitely on the retro hill, yes, yeah. for sure. Um, but Not it, a lot of sweetness to it. It is delicious. But, yeah, so we have tried a lot of stouts on the show that, you know, are uh, German chocolate cake stout and things like that. This is definitely not about that. No, this, this is, is a straightforward quite coffee possibly stout. one of the least sweet stouts that yeah. we've ever even had on the I, show. I think you're right. It doesn't have... Any of the sort of dried fruit barley wine type notes to it, it is just yeah. There's no a raisin straight there's ahead no. imperial stout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's good. But I, I will tell you, if you were a fan of black coffee and you like that style of bitterness, this this beer is outstanding. If yes. you've had, if you've had buried hatchet, this would probably appeal to your. Yeah, to your I palate. love buried, buried hatchet. hatchet. Yeah. That, that'd be some good stout. So right good. That's a good stout. Mm, yes. Mm, mm. Uh, well, uh, I cheers, cheers to weathered souls. And you know what? Once we get uh, a little more, uh, uh, a little more able to travel and do some things, and we can take our show back on the road, uh, weathered souls might be a fun road trip for us to uh, oh, yeah. to go into a show uh, live from there and talk to those guys, and and uh, or we could right now we could invite them to come on the show if they're willing to make the drive from. Uh, San Antonio to our studios. That you might know be they come fun. to Houston from time to time, sure, right? Sure. They have if, to. If no other reason than to visit their buddies at Urban South HTX. That's so, right. Uh, so that could be a good thing. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Weathered Souls, for uh, for starting this movement, and thank you for producing a delicious coffee stout. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Trey Boring, our friend and uh, legal expert. Uh, Trey is a member of both the Cigar Rights of America, CRA. You can uh, find them online at cigarrights.org. That's where... You can go and should go if you're not a member and you're a cigar fan. You should you should become a part of it. It's it's a it's a great great thing that you can do to help continue to protect your rights and our rights, all of our rights as uh, as people who love cigars. Uh, Trey's also a part of one of the coolest organizations I know, uh, which is Cigars for Warriors. And uh, the website for Cigars for Warriors is cigarsforwarriors.org. Okay, .org as well. So, uh, so go there, find out what's going on with those guys. It's a good place to look and see if your favorite local cigar shop or, or a place close to you uh, is a participating spot where you can go and donate cigars. But check out your local cigar shop anyway. And by the way, if they don't, tell them, hey, this would be a good idea. You should get, you should get involved mm-hmm, in absolutely. this. Absolutely. Uh, and, and help Cigars for Warriors out. I think that sending cigars to our servicemen, sometimes it's the little things. You know, there's yeah. lots of things that we can do to support our men and women who are who put their lives on the line for our country on a regular basis. But um, sometimes the little things are actually the most appreciated. You bet. I, I can only imagine the excitement when a shipment of cigars arrives. Oh, right. Yeah. You know? It's got to be like one of the greatest Follow us days. on Facebook and you'll yeah. see the pictures. And, That's and, awesome. And I you love can that. just see... The joy it brings, and we're also expanding. We've got a couple of coffee companies. You That's know, we're great. trying to find other things that we can slip into the packages. I love that. That's we get awesome. a lot, a lot of cigar cutters, mm-hmm. things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're just trying to make their life a little better. They're out there defending our freedoms, make them a little as comfortable as we can. Absolutely. In a small, you and, know, and we talked about it earlier. Downtime got to be huge for people on the front line. Absolutely. Got to be. Well, thank you, Trey, for being on the show uh, once again. We love having you, and you're always in, invited, of course. And I uh, uh, want to say thanks to uh, Adam on the Wheels of Steel for making it all happen this week. Uh, Ian, this has been a fun one. And next week, it's just you and me as we do kind of the down-low version of show number 200. But for those of you who are fans of beers in the, you know, Next week will be the 200th show placeholder. Yeah, well, but for those of you who are fans of beers that are like 
15% and above, you may want to tune in next week because I have a feeling I'm gonna bring Elon's going to assault me with his uh, beer selections. <laughs> uh, plus, we'll be uh, tasting some new whiskey and uh, be doing some uh, a little bit of reminiscing about our, some of our favorite moments. So, a on couple the show. quick shout outs. First off, I'd like to say that um, Brian. Wiki Brian says mm-hmm. hi. He's been busy at work. He hasn't had a chance. We to, ha- yeah, I haven't heard from him in a to, while. Uh, to get on, awesome. he says he misses us terribly. Oh well, hopefully um, he'll be back with us soon. Right, uh, and then I might be leaning on my friend Josh for maybe some of next year, uh, next year's, next week's beers. Awesome, that'll be fun. Uh, by the way, don't forget about our smoking and toasting virtual smoke fest. It will return on Zoom uh, this coming Saturday, two p.m. Central Time, and all of the details and an easy link to join us for. Maybe a couple of forty-minute segments will be uh, posted. So on Bruce our, also uh, pointed out that well. uh, he has he has a paid subscription. If we want to, oh, well, we have Bruce. He would loan us. He would Zoom. loan us his hosting abilities. <laughs> Bruce to is not, awesome. Yes. One of our one of our favorite listeners and viewers. Yeah, he's a Bruce blast. Is, Bruce is great. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Uh, find the black is beautiful and buy a, a, a four pack if you can. And uh, enjoy your week. We'll see you again next week for show number two hundred, the down low version of two hundred. Cheers and cheers, everybody. Clink. Cheers. Clink. Clink. Elbow five. Did we do okay? Oh, we did good. We did everything. I just, you know, my.